Are you tired of the same old pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on Powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 4,000 hours of the best pro wrestling events from over 110 of the biggest names in the industry from over 15 countries around the globe. Get your free trial today at Powerslam.tv. This is Jordan Grace, and you're listening to the Social Suplex Podcast Network. BWB, this is One Nation Radio. You better get it right. Rich Ladder, James Boyd came to give him life. The Blackest Wrestling Podcast has come to kick all ass and drop his six feet if they're kicking trash. Word, let me welcome y'all to something different. And if you dig it, man, you should let some friends listen. We be getting it in. That's on the regular, dude. Ravish and flow, but this shit rule. See, James don't rap, so I had to break it down. The whole network, man, we coming for the crown. Raps in the columns, I keep them both covered Making the beats too, so the listeners can bump it Hit us with the rating, yeah, I'm saying it's a five Before you hit it, talk, bob your head side to side It's One Nation Radio, and this is the beginning It's Rich, and I'm here with James It's time to listen to One Nation The power of the this is Mike Sempervivi from WrestlingObserver.com. Check me out on Wrestling Observer Live every day. And also check out your boys, Rich and James, on One Nation Radio. Uh, this is Kenny Omega. We're listening to One Nation Radio. Check it out, guys. These guys know what's up. Big Kenny Omega fans. That's all it counts to me. Goodbye and good night. Hey. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a special SummerSlam weekend non-SummerSlam preview edition of One Nation Radio. I am the main host this time, James Boyd, the tables have turned, and I'm with Rich Lotta. What's going on, man? Not much, man. Just um, sitting here ready to get to it. <laughs> About that action? Not much About to say, that action. You know, okay. yeah, it really, it really got too much to say. I, I ain't going back and forth with with, with all y'all. <laughs> okay, Duval. All right, and and also with us for uh, for the journey, the ride, if you will. I'm talking in terms of Triple H speak. Uh, I have with us Tom Gambardella. What's going on, man? Uh, not a whole lot. I am staying as far away as I can from this Giants preseason game, and just looking to talk about some things I actually enjoy watching, such as wrestling. So let's get into it. Okay. So, quick question. Yes, sir. What, just to gauge on where you are on the main roster as far as, like, where they've been this year, let's say, the last couple of years, or even at least, well, forget that part. Right now, Giants preseason football, or New York football Giants preseason football, or the main roster? Those are my only two options? Yes. Oh, God. I think, I think I'm watching Giants preseason football. <laughs> that's, that's, wow. Wow. There's a chance I see something that I haven't seen on Giants preseason football. Main roster, I know what is going to happen, and I know I'm not going to like it. Wait. So, 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 so this is a stark contrast from uh, what Dave Finishell was telling us. <laughs> was, was Dave leading us on? Was Dave hoodwinking us? I mean, you got to think. He was really positive. To be fair to Dave, he was really positive about the things that ultimately – did not make the cut for SummerSlam that we thought at the time could possibly. Like, uh-huh. Aleister Black, Sami Zayn, didn't happen. Mustafa Ali, Nakamura, didn't happen. Roman Reigns, Daniel Bryan, 
Not happening. <laughs> right? So, to be fair to Dave, he kind of got fucked during this whole thing. Like, if he had known that Vince was going to go out there and say, yeah, like, Never three mind. of the top, like, <laughs> six matches that we could have as far as, like, the level of talent in the ring, nah, get that out of here. Like, he also said they possibly could have done Andrade versus Ray. Nope, we got that on Raw. They had a four-star match on TV, and we ain't seen the ass. They said, nope, can't be having none of the great matches. Get that shit up out of here. So, um, yeah, so I'm still surprised that Tom said, nah, give me the, the Giants preseason football over. Give me the Giants preseason football. Damn. The Daniel Jones experience. The only person that is obsessed more with look than Vince McMahon is John Mara. <laughs> a, a classic show already. Yes, it's not even. And with him, it's not even about okay height and a look. It is literally like, nah. I got a picture of Eli in my pocket or on my in the iPhone. Let me just put it up next to you. He's literally like, wait, you use your nose to breathe? Nope, you're out of here. No, yeah. we need mouth breathers only on the center. Yeah. Like, they, they should have called Cooper. You know, Cooper Cooper is like, got a chick. He, Cooper is damn near 50, but, you know, he looks like a Manning, right? Whole lot of forehead. Yes. <laughs> Up there. Wow. Okay. So And back there. Oh, man. <laughs> Shout out to Coop. Coop, you know what's funny? I'm pretty sure I'm. I've only just from watching interviews and stuff. I'm almost a hundred. I'm almost a hundred percent sure. I'm like ninety eight point five percent sure that Cooper is the actual cool Manning sibling. That wouldn't surprise me at all. I mean, the other two could not be less cool. I, I mean, okay, there are levels. There's Cooper, then there's Peyton, then there's like a whole, like a whole, like thousands of feet and yards, and then there's Eli. <laughs> But let's let's just move on. <laughs> okay, so since we're doing this preview on all the stuff that's covering SummerSlam weekend, that's not actually SummerSlam. Uh, we did that on the last show of uh, of One Nation Radio, so we're gonna get, just fill you guys in with the, the the next stuff, the best or the best of the rest, or actually the best. But so let's just say we'll give you the best <laughs> stuff from this weekend. So uh, we're just getting into it. We're talking about the last three nights of the G one. So um, guys, uh, that's night. That'd be night seventeen. Night seventeen is pretty much a a, a final. Everyone's eliminated except for Ibushi. Ibushi, my God, Ibushi and Okada, and it's a play in get to get into the uh, the final situation. Um, what are you guys' thoughts on that match? And what do you guys? Uh, what do you? Who do you? As far as predictions, what do you guys think? Tom. I I don't know. I've been thinking it's going to be Ibushi from the beginning of this tournament. I my takes have not been out there very publicly, but I've been thinking he's going to go to the finals. Uh, I've actually my like pipe dream is that he's in the dome headliner this year with two nights of Tokyo Dome shows. I. Uh, I'm definitely kind of believe it when I see it at this point, just because <laughs> wrestling has conditioned me to be let down sometimes. Oh. But I, I believe in New Japan. I believe they will give me what I want, and I believe the Kota Ibushi will win <laughs> at least the A block. Okay, Rich. Yeah, I, I'm I'm there with you with Ibushi on the A block. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if Okada won because I mean it's Okada. He's won. He always wins or in the end he wins. This is his promotion ultimately. Um, 
but Kota Ibushi is, uh, you know, he's he's been, you know, since Wrestle Kingdom 9, I, out of all the people that are left, it's like, all right, when's his dome main event now? And it feels like it's his year. And, you know, I think a lot of people are going to go nuts with this Naito shit, and I've been wanting to bring it to the table forever. Like, they got to let that shit go. Like, it's, it's just not clicking right now. And they might have missed the window, and that's okay because they still did record business in the meantime. And I think ultimately he's at the right level. If, if they don't go with them, if they go with Ibushi, I don't think it's this tragedy. I don't think it's anything like that because I don't know. I, the G1 has a little bit different feel this year because, you know, the guys that I came into the G1 rooting really heavily for were Will Ospreay and Tomero Ishii, obviously, and who were the best wrestlers in the G1. Well, probably <laughs> Will Ospreay and Tomohiro Ishii, and they're nowhere near like the decision or whatever. And then when I look at Naito, it's like, so on what planet should he be achieving over Ishii? That's a whole no- another conversation. But um, I- I'm thinking we're getting a- another Ibushi Naito, uh, you know, protection neck special for the G1 finals. <laughs> oh man, I-, I never want to see this match again, and. <sighs> it might be upon us and that was the thing that i thought was kind of a dark cloud hanging over g1 from the get-go was thinking okay these guys are in opposite blocks these are the two most likely winners of the g1 so they're set up perfectly to fight literally to the death <laughs> uh to end up in uh the tokyo dome main event and you know, when Naito started out one three, I was like, okay, he's, or I'm sorry, uh, one and two. I thought he's gonna go on a run, much like when Jay went on the run from oh three. But Abushi with the injury, I thought, and you know, Kenta started out so strong, I thought, you know, maybe you know they they kind of just and also the fact that Abushi was in the same block as Okada was like, you know, they haven't really done that match like that to the same way they've done Naito and Okada to death. So maybe they just say, all right, we're going to have their match right here. You win, but, or, you know, we'll have, you know, we'll do something. We'll have the match, but that's it. Nope. It's there. It's right back. It's right back. And it's going to happen. And someone's going to fucking kill themselves to, to main event. So, yay. Um, all right. As far as, uh, the B block, there are <laughs> each block has ten people. Six of them in the last night are still alive. This is I was saying to <laughs> I was saying to Tom before Rich came on. Like this is like this is like one of those muck of a, of a bad year in the NFL where like a seven and nine team has a chance to get in on, the, on like the last week. So yeah, um, I mean Yano's still alive. If you go by, I'm just gonna go through it. Um, Yano's like still the, alive. Ishii's still alive. Sorry. I was gonna say it's like the uh, the playoff race. Like when when they put the graphic on the screen, they'd be like three and six still eligible for the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like- <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like what I want to say was like the 2000. What year did Shaq end up in Phoenix? The first year was that 2000. 2008. Uh, was that 2008. 2008. Yeah, because Amari got his that. Because Amari ended up getting hurt in his eye that year, right? I think so. Yeah, so that was like the year when like a team won fifty games and missed the playoffs. So it was like that is kind of like that. It's like between Yano and Ishii and Jay White and Naito and Moxley and, and Goto and Goto's at the top. All he has to do is win and get in. He controls his own destiny, which means he's gonna uh-huh. take that L. 
So, um, I'm trying to I'm trying to look at the uh, the last week. I'm trying to figure out who. Uh, I know that the last night is um, Naito and Jay night. White, right? Yeah, yeah. So, oh, it's, I can't. And then you got Marcy Robinson, Goto Shingo, right. Goto and Shingo. Yeah, and Yano is facing Jeff Cobb. Yeah. Um, Goto's facing Jeff Cobb. So, like, this is where we finally give Jeff Cobb, you know, something. No, Yano's facing Jeff Cobb. Oh, Yano. Wow. Ugh, wow. Okay, so Jeff Cobb might lose Yano. <laughs> so, never mind. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay, I have it. I have it now. Look, so, is, is someone going to have to spoil Yano? No, because Yano's dead last. He's six of the people still alive. But he has a tiebreaker on, like, the like White, Moxley, and Naito. Yeah, but he doesn't have one on Goto, right? He he beat Goto, too. Jesus Christ. This it's fuck. happening. Yano for the G1 finals. Bro, Yano the G1 final. Unbelievable. Just speak it into Gato, light years ahead. Galaxy Brain Gato. <laughs> Maybe it was a mistake doing this preview. <laughs> this is awful. Okay, so I, he has so many tiebreakers over people. Like, it's just ridiculous. Okay, I can't even. I'm just going to give you scenarios on uh, on what people have to do to, to, to win, to win their block, be blocked. All right, let's get into it. Okay. Uh, I think Goto just has to. Goto has a tiebreaker over uh, over Jay White and Moxley. He has ten points, right? So I think he just has to win and get in. Moxley has ten points as well, just like Naito and uh, Jay White. Moxley has a tiebreaker over Naito. Jay White has a tiebreaker over Moxley, and then uh, Naito is just like hoping for help, right? Um, and then Ishii's at eight. He needs a bunch of help. And then Toriano's at eight. He needs a bunch of help as well. Uh, I mean, it's really just it really ultimately comes down to uh, to me. I think is going to be Moxley versus Juice. And if Juice gets his win back from the Best Super Juniors um, final show, and then obviously White versus Naito. So. What are you guys looking for out of Ni- White versus Naito? Because that's a lot of pressure for guys that like to not have good matches when they're really asked to have good matches at certain times. Sometimes. Yeah. Um, you go ahead, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to answer this one. No part of this one. Um, I don't know. I mean, it would be a very Jay White thing to do to win this. I guess that's my best. <laughs> that's my best logic here. Like, <laughs> it would just be very consistent with what everyone wants versus what happens with Jay White. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I I think maybe three minutes ago I heard Toriano mentioned in the same couple of sentences with Shaq. So I'm hoping that uh, hoping that we're going to get some wild results on this last night. I think. Uh, <laughs> there is still an outside chance that the true ace of New Japan wins this. Um, but as far as, as far as White versus Naito, I think, I don't know, I think I'm going to say they hold off. No, no, I think Naito wins it. 
Yeah, uh, I'm going chalk too. Um, I, I think Naito wins. I, I definitely don't think it's out of the realm for Jay White to win and then uh, eventually challenge for the white belt, literally. Um, and, you know, you do a G1 final with Ibushi and Jay White and you tell Ibushi, and be like, all right, here's a challenge. Uh, go out there with him. But, uh, you know, I think White and Naito have been <sighs> – like we, we we heard it this this year was gonna be different with Jay White, right? Yeah. I don't know. I, I you know I still don't don't see it like as far as like you know like as compared to last year in the G one, right? Mm-hmm. And then y'all y'all know how I feel about Naito. Like I think he's breaking down, and I don't think he's like an every night dude like that anymore. And that's fine, but we don't have to pretend to have to give in to like either they're a global company or, or they're not. Mm-hmm. Uh, if if they want to just be the Japanese company that you know their fans go so crazy for, and he's the, so popular within the country, which he is, right? But when we start like start lining up all these dudes next to each other. And you're going to have a real hard time convincing me that this has been the most impressive performer at this time. And I don't think he has half the momentum that John Moxley has. Um, and if it was my G1, John Moxley would be winning. Hmm. I guess it's a good thing to have Josh on here, right? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm I'm rooting for Marsley to uh, to win so his head can explode. Oh man, I had a conversation with him over the weekend. I was like, yeah, man. Like, I get some of your points, but I feel like they're like a step or two too much. But um, but yeah, uh, like he was so upset about the Shingo thing, and at the time he, uh, I was like, he's like, you know, Jeremy said, yeah, he is a. He is a, you know, he's not officially a heavyweight yet, but he just ate him up in the whole match. And I was like, huh, I hadn't watched the match yet. I watched the match today. that sounds familiar. But here's the thing. (laughs) I watched the match today, and I was like, he didn't eat him up. He had a back-and-forth match with him, and then, like, Moxley just won at the end. Like, I mean, it wasn't like, it wasn't like the epic back-and-forth, back-and-forth. Like, Moxley had more control. Probably it was like a 60-40 match, but it was a 60-40 match. He made it to me come off like he was, you know, like 75 25 like nah um but yeah i i don't know my scenario i think that at this point for me i think that naito is going to win and it's going to be the you know let's 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 drop each other on our heads and let's try to kill each other um in the final um so is is that what pretty much everybody think is going to happen at this point that's what i think is going to happen yeah that's like, that's the most likely outcome in my head. The only yeah. more scary outcome I can see is them holding off on another Naito Ibushi match for the Dome, but no. please don't do that. No. <laughs> please do not give them a bigger stage <laughs> to have a match on. Yeah, so don't give Naito Ibushi more reason Bro. to fall out. Bro, they would have been like, yeah, so th- this whole year, like, we gave y'all MSG, we let y'all go to Osaka, Budokan Hall, and now we're gonna finish it up in the dome. Yeah. Double death match. Yeah. Oh god. Yeah. A double death match. Except the death is literal. It's not just yeah. a term. Okay, so last match. Yeah, yeah. So 
so Tom Rich said that he would have liked for um, Machi to win this block. Who are you, who would you like to see win this if it were up to you? If you yeah, had the if, book. If it were up to me, either Moxley or Ishii. I mean, those are the two that I've had the most fun watching oh, okay. this entire tournament. Yeah. I don't think yeah. that's I don't think that comes as a surprise to anybody, but right. I mean of that four that's at the top right now, it's Moxley. Like yeah. he's I don't know, he's just got such a unique feel about him that no one in this block really has. And obviously there's the cloud of oh he's got a TV contract in October. But yeah, in an ideal world I would like to see him in the finals of the G one. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. And, and and we get to find out, you know, what it is with with no time limit, you know, and everything like that. <laughs> But yeah, I you know Tomohiro Ishii like it goes without saying like I feel like we, people say it every year it's like you know you, you you look up and then you look what this guy's put on the board and you really gotta ask who's really fucking with him. I don't care when it is he needs to win the IWGP title at some point. I I'm like I haven't been like behind something like this in ages. Um, <laughs> like, I felt like Dan Bryan had to win the championship at WrestleMania 30. Tomohiro Ichi needs to win the IWGP championship. And this is not the gimmick that I've been running, uh, you know, the last couple of months on the show where I say Ichi's going to win every single match. He's got No, this dude went out there and backed up everything I hyped him up to be. He yeah. is it. He lives it. And he, he he's been it. <laughs> okay, so... So far, this this uh, G one. I mean, there's still one more match, maybe possibly two. How will you compare Ishii's G one this year to last year at uh, G one twenty eight? Two sides of the same coin. Uh. You, I'm saying, like, the, um, obviously, we're, we're splitting hairs. Do you think that one was slightly better than the other? That's kind of where I'm. Mm. I, I think the overall block was better, and he had better opponents last year, so right. I'll, I'll lean towards last year. Okay, yeah. But but I think his performance with lesser opponents this year was more impressive. Uh, was more impressive. Right, right, right. Yeah, okay. I don't think he's had a match that reached the peak that him versus Ibushi last year reached. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. or him versus uh, Omega. Yeah. 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 Okay, so um, I think that pretty much wraps up New Japan, right? Yeah, I think that covers it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I yeah. mean, I will. All say right, that. Gato, what, what's gonna happen, bro? <laughs> Don't um, fuck with us. Okay, yeah. So, ah, oh, um, Jay White's gonna win, isn't he? <laughs> 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 I will have a flight to Tokyo. <laughs> hey, you Gato, bro. <laughs> okay, so uh, moving on from there, we're gonna talk about WWE. The developmental system, the third brand, the yellow brand, <clears throat> NXT, TakeOver, Toronto. They're not calling it Toronto 2. It's Toronto again. So It's called Blacklist, I thought. What? Like NXT TakeOver Blacklist. I, I'm sorry, what? Sorry, what? I thought I saw that on Twitter, like NXT TakeOver Blacklist. When did they change the name of that? Like today? I thought I saw something on Twitter about it. Hold on. I could have swore from all the graphics I've seen lately that it's NXT Toronto, and there's no two, even though they did this uh, yeah. Survivor Series 2016. Yeah, it's and Toronto. It's still Toronto. That. It's Toronto. Okay. Yeah, it, it must have been something. Yeah, someone might have made. Yeah, got got. Yeah, the fake like internet. <laughs> okay, so yeah, uh, 
we've been talking about it like a little bit lately and a little bit back and forth about recently since uh since WrestleMania weekend about like how the 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 vibe and the feel around NXT is a little different like the stuff's still good but it's not great like it was la- all throughout last year or um you know two parts 2017 or really any of the point so um just looking at this card up and down like what do you guys think are the biggest issues with this card as far as it feeling you know flat or or just not the energy why do you think the energy is out to build out of the uh kind of kind of leaving them rich you want to start with that one or you want sure to- i i, oh, I yeah. you know the, this has kind of been like you know something i've been talking about but all these people are long in the tooth in nxt like adam cole's debut was two years ago this literally two year anniversary Yep. Two-year anniversary. Uh, I really feel like the third fall stipulation should be like loser leaves NXT. Like, <laughs> you, you know, one of y'all got to go. You know, and you know Shayna's been around forever. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. I, I and you know, I think the feeling around NXT is, is people are really seeing what it is because they're like, all right, you know, you got the main roster being what it is. You can help that instantly by promoting these people, but people are really starting to figure out what NXT is. And then, you know, all the the, the people that have asked for their releases, like, you know, they weren't NXT people, but I feel like it's only so long before those contracts start coming due, uh, like an Adam Cole next summer, possibly, if he was on that old three-year deal schedule. Mm Mm-hmm. And I, I think that seeped into the fans. And then you made a good point, James, like with the injury. So I won't, you know, squash everything you got to say there. But, um, yeah, like, I mean, Cole and Gargano is going to be great. I, I don't see, you know, any reason to like, like the, I'll watch those two wrestle like, you know, 10 more times. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't care about that personally, but, you know, it, it's not just about me. It's just like, I, I'm feeling like NXT is going to get counted on so much to be like WWE's battle weapon essentially against AEW, especially yeah. um towards the end of the year, right? Where mm-hmm. they're gonna make people choose between AEW and NXT that don't necessarily want to make that choice because like they like both what they stand for, but I think they're gonna poison what NXT is really stood for by you know the the supposed changes, the going live, the the putting on national television, the sending main roster people uh, there, like in weird situations, like to where like a Roman Reigns shows up, like it's it's just not going to be the same. And you know NXT's been so great for so long, especially between last year and going into um, Brooklyn this year and, and rolling over to twenty five. I'll say that that is just like yo, I you know there are eras like there are peaks there are valleys and this group has been like more than deserving to go up to the next level and i think fans want them to go to that next level and are tired of of um having to get excited about something that ultimately doesn't matter because when we watch the uh main shows this uh none of this stuff exists anymore and it's just like what are we really watching? This is a fake promotion, like essentially. Yeah. Like like there are no accomplishments to be had. Like there are no legacies to be to be like like the legacies are self-contained within NXT. And it's like what does it all really mean? 
especially when now like they're they're using them as a battle weapon against promotion that is going to make everything mean something. I think they're in a I think they're in loads of trouble. Like and and they they're only I'm going long here, but I think they're only like making the problem worse because they're like look at their the breakout tournament they just had. It's like they've got all those dudes that were on the Largo loop or whatever. And right. those are like the indie names of like their class they're not even getting their shit keith lee hasn't had a takeover match right and it's like i don't know i'm very down on nxt like just uh as a concept mm-hmm. nothing to do with the wrestlers love the wrestlers i think those you know the matches and the shows there's nothing more that i enjoy than, than watching nxt takeovers and it's just like like quality wrestling wise like that's what it is like the last one was just like perfection uh the last two were like perfection but it's Mm -hmm. like there are so many things that exist with this promotion where it's just bullshit right tom you got any thoughts on that i mean rich put it really well um i'm i guess gonna draw a slightly odd analogy have you guys seen batman begins Oh my God! Is that the Batman that's the Begins? first one in the Christopher Nolan trilogy? Uh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. I yeah, was thinking like when you said Batman Begins, I was thinking like, wait, is that like the Schumacher ones or what? Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so there's basically like this one monologue in that where Ra's al Ghul is talking about, oh, like every civilization reaches its like decadent stage where it needs its downfall, and Gotham has become too powerful for its own mm-hmm. good and too corrupt and too evil because he's a nihilist. Yeah. Yes, and while I don't have the nihilistic view of it, I do think. To an extent, we're seeing NXT come out of this really incredible run with that sort of halftime heat crew running the top of the car. The top six, yeah. Yeah. The NXT uh, just, six, if you will. Yeah, just an incredible like run of putting on fantastic wrestling and almost like a hangover from that where it's like, okay, we're getting to that point where that generation of NXT should have moved on, moved up to the main roster and started doing Raw and SmackDown stuff by now. But for whatever reason, they just haven't. And now it just feels kind of disjointed. I mean, even if you look at the tag team match from this card, perfect example. Like, both of those teams feel like they should be having their last NXT matches soon-ish. And yet, for whatever reason, it's, okay, yeah, Street Profits just got their run started. They'll probably stay on NXT for a while. Like, I don't see them calling up Undisputed Era in the near future. So it's just... It feels like NXT is just caught between gears right now. And, like, with all the talent they have, you can't really just talent that away, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, they're talking about the globalization of NXT and, or, you know, local globalization where they're, you know, they already have the UK, they're dipping their, t- they're going to look to dip their toe into Japan and Latin America. Um, at a certain point, or even South America, I'm not sure which one, one or the other. Uh, so, India, of course. Uh, um, so, Saudi Arabia. Yeah, that too. Um, so, with that going on, you think, all right, some of these people eventually, because they need people to be in these places that that can be a liaison between, you know. Uh, the domestic offices of WWE or branches or whatever else in, um, you know, where they are on the ground, you think that like some of these people are going to do like the Cassius Ono where all of a sudden he's in NXT UK doing stuff, working with people trying to set stuff up and you see Johnny Gargano, all of a sudden he's in Japan or you see, um, 
you know, possibly uh, Adam Cole or Tommaso Ciampa, he's in Latin America, and he, he's supposed in you know, that's kind of the deal. But, um, because they're slow to doing this stuff because they're only, rea- they're only reactionary. They're not actually, they're not actually doing this out of the sake of, you know, trying to put on good wrestling and get people to watch and, and blah, 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 or, you know, do business the right way. They're just trying to monopolize globally. They're only, they're, they're only as motivated as the next person is trying to do a world of sports or an AEW or what have you, or, you know, get some, or try to get a marketplace in Japan to try to take some of that talent away so that they can stop having these great shows with all this great talent doing uh you know D- dominions and um russell kingdoms and ends up getting them buys on the network in america like that's that's all this is for so um because of, because that's so slow right now we have this issue where you know Shayna, she was in 2017 may young classic so that was august 2017 she's been with the company ever since um you look at Johnny. Johnny was in the Cruiserweight Classic 2016. Summer 2016, right? Chompa, James, same thing. James, Johnny was there at NAC TakeOver Respect in 2015 with Chompa. We were there. Yeah. Oh, wow. James. That's right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, because that's that's right. Because they did the uh, they did Dusty Rose uh, Tag Team Classic. Yeah. Right. And, and oh, when yeah. they had those, those, right. those half and half contracts. Yeah. 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 So you ha- you have that to look at. Um, Velveteen's been around doing the tough enough thing when you know Mandy Mandy Rose is there too, and he's still around. And you look around and like just the thought of just you think of that, and then you not even look at from the perspective of let's not even think about that part. Let's think about all right, you're a fan. Um, we talked. I alluded to the uh, the NXT six as a takeoff of the SmackDown six from the um early for the mid two thousands, early two thousands. So, yeah, the halftime Heat Squad, right? So before Riddle came in, the person that was at six spot or whatever before he jumped to that level, you had um you had Pat or Pat, you had Pete Dunn assuming that role um when he was here last summer, and now he's back this summer as well, but. It was always six people that at any point in time could have been had the credibility and was over with the crowd to be the or the champion slash top star between Alistair Black, Johnny Gargano, Tommaso Ciampa, Adam Cole, um, Velveteen Dream, Ricochet, and then you throw in you know Riddle seceding, um, done after done left. So you look at the cycle of what we went through from over this last year from Brooklyn uh, three to where we are now at the Toronto show and oh man like Ciampa's gone because his neck who knows when he'll be back could be back in three months could have been back in a year who knows um Gargano he's right now he didn't wrestle a single match on this on this TV cycle at all between takeovers there's something going on with him uh, people alluded that it was a, it was maybe needs or something like that but we don't know but we know he ain't been wrestling and that's not that's not normal. Um, Adam Cole in Velveteen Dream, both of Peace had one match on this whole entire cycle, mm-hmm. right? Um, no, so that's no. So then you throw in no Ricochet, no Alistair Black. So where are these top guys that we had stocked full of? And that's that's part of the thing is like 
I'm sure some of it, who knows what this chicken or the egg between the breakout tournament. Maybe it was a situation like, dude, we got these dudes injured, injured, and we have, um, if you throw in Jack as far as injury stuff too, um, we don't have much of a roster to be able to do tapings. Let's just paper this over by putting a bunch of guys that haven't been in front of this crowd and have them go through this eight-man tournament. And the tournament was good, but the problem with the tournament was only two people really got over. Mm-hmm. Just nobody knew who these people were, really. Like, ACH got himself over just by sh- just by sheer athleticism and incredible facials and charisma. Um, and he'll, or Angel Garza. Angel Garza, I remember the first time I saw him at, uh, I think it was a Tampa house show. House I was show. like, that dude's a star. And then sure enough, his first two matches is like that dude is beloved by this crowd in a kind of velveteen type of way where he's a heel, but we don't give a damn about that dude. That dude's awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you have, you know, the, the Jonah Rock Bronson Reed, uh, the na- formerly known as Bronson or Jonah Rock Bronson Reed. You have the Dexter Loomis dude who's a carnival, or no, I'm sorry, a cannibal baby running that gimmick. Um, <laughs> Cameron Grimes, who was Trevor Lee working the Indies and um, the Carolinas. And it's like, the matches are good, but they're not like the level they were on TV between... There were no Ricochet Pete Dunn matches on this takeover uh, cycle. Like, the closest... Probably the best match we had was probably... Um, probably the, the heel turn match on the on the cage match between EO and, and Shayna. Yeah, and, yeah, and then like you go back and just to move on from there to the uh, the women's division side of it, like they finally Ooh, built up. Worse. Yeah, like they finally built up an actual division for the first time around Shayna. But the thing is, like Shayna needs to go. She should have been gone, right? Yeah. Um, oh yeah. Yeah, like we have. They're selling the Mia Shayna feud on. Oh yeah, she injured Jessamine and Marina. So you, the fans that have been watching her over these last seven title defenses or le- seven title matches that Shane has been in, we're telling you now that like she might not cheat for the sixth time in the eighth uh, t- title match with with outside interference. It's like that in itself is like maybe you should never have done it this much, gone to the well this often. Maybe she shouldn't be around as much if this is all she's going to be doing now. Um, mm-hmm. So. You know, who knows what happens? I, I'm not. I'm not going to believe that. Like neither one, I'm going to run in because the last seven matches have been five of them have been run-ins, right? So, <laughs> so what the fuck? What's, so, what's going to change now? Right, exactly. Like you're telling me it's different, but what the hell is different? <laughs> like the full genuine. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, you have that, and it's it just a, a few things fell through the cracks because injuries, like the Dijak thing. Um, you know, Dijak was supposed to fight. Um, Velveteen at, the, at TakeOver 25 it fell through because of injury who knows when he'll be back but then you look at the tag division like you mentioned like Undisputed and and um, Street Profits are just overqualified they should have been up right and yeah. then you see that like okay so after after TakeOver New York War Raiders beat Ricochet in Alistair Black, this these two guys that were all time great NXTers that were a tag team won the Dusty Rose Classic, uh, were a tag team on the main roster. Looked like they were destined to be like this great set of tag team, uh, 
champ, future tag team champs that didn't work out. But then immediately after that, the very same fucking weekend, they put them on the main roster, and now they're doing nothing. Even though they were the freshest act amongst and, everybody in the main roster. Or I mean, and, on the NXT roster. And they couldn't do a job to the people that they were going to, that were going to secede them. So... Right. And that then, only that only and, makes it look lame. Oh, it, it's even worse when you when you remember that like the team that they couldn't put over, they immediately put them on the main roster too. Right. Like, you know, we're something talking going about, on. Yeah, we're talking something's going between. I mean, at first, from the from the cycle that went from um, New York to to twenty five, I thought, look. A lot of stuff went left because of call-ups and and whatnot, and I can't, you know, I can't blame AAA for this. This cycle, there's still some, there's still some ramifications from that, but there's also, you know, this breakout thing of just like, y'all, I don't know, man. It just this was this wasn't the best idea for this cycle, and it, and it's killed, and like it's it's killed their um some of their heat that they had as far as them being um, such a fun show to watch every single week. Um, and that's no fault against the new guys. It's just like, I mean, just you can't get eight new guys over all at once. You just can't. Um, uh, what was I going to say from there? Oh, and then like you look at the, the EO and the, and the Candace thing. And it's like, you look at it and you think of how fast they made Candace a friend of EO. And you're like, and you remember, and for me, I remember that video package the new show opened for NXT like right after New York, and Kyrie was all on that thing, just just like everyone else was. That's still around, that was still there. So it makes me think like they were planning on doing EO Kyrie at some point, and they brought up Kyrie for no fucking reason whatsoever, and they just slotted Candice into that role. And good for Candice because Candice has been around for two years. She was in the first Mae Young Classic. She got eliminated by Shayna in a very very good fucking match, and. Yep. They never did much of anything with her except for being Johnny's wife. And that fucking sucked because she's a very, very fucking good wrestler. And now she gets the opportunity to wrestle one of the best wrestlers in the world on Saturday. Um, and even though people think they're going to have a two and three quarter star match. Sure, I might have to make some money. I might have to find my way to those European gambling sites and, and lay a hundred down. Yeah, Tom. Uh, yeah. Some of the gambling sites set over under for star ratings for uh, some of the Russell, some of the WWE weekend shows, and they set oh. EO versus Candice at two, two and three quarter stars. You're that kidding, was, right? No. It's, wow. Yeah, I know. Oh, bro! I'm gonna pay my rent for this month. I'm telling you, I, I, I might, I might have to lay down like you know at least a dub on it. <laughs> that is a kingdom on the over. Yeah, he's like, what, what kind of odds can I get on this? <laughs> yeah, like in my mind, I was baiting. What's more likely for them to have? Was it more likely <laughs> for them to have like four and three quarters or two and three quarters? And I'm still, I'm still like caught in between on which one's more likely for them to have. But that just lets you know how ridiculous like under three stars is for those two. Uh, yeah, so I mean. It's it's just um, I mean going through the card, 
you look at the Johnny thing and the and the Cole thing, and I thought they did good work with the you know the the Bay Bay World Tour where he's getting all this heat on Johnny. He's you know he's like I'm doing I'm I'm doing the tours that they wouldn't send you on because I'm a hotter act than you. And then he goes to you know Johnny's family pizzeria and then he buys the pizza. He puts his his picture up on the face on the wall of fame or whatever else. He goes to Johnny's uh you know training ground and tells all the kid tells all the people that were you know inspired by johnny that like all that stuff's a load of crap that johnny's been telling you that's why i have his belt i'm this me right here and then he, you know the antoine dude uh you know he Antoine tucker should, yeah, should antoine be in the title match <laughs> <laughs> so, so and i thought the whole thing was like I, I you know the whole thing of all right like you want to play those games? I'm finna beat you mercifully, and then ask for it, and then get this third match. And I, I thought I've, I enjoyed that, but it's like, okay, so they had a two out of three falls match the first time around. Then they had a regular match, and so now basically what they're gonna do is have another two out of three falls match, and it's basically turned this whole entire thing to a best of seven, maybe the greatest best of seven ever, but <laughs> it's turned into a best of seven. And I mean, it just, it just feels like. It feels like with TakeOver being, you know, you know, five of them a year that they, I don't think, I don't, I don't know how good the, the program could possibly be for you to do three in a row of any matchup these days. I mean, we kind of learned this from Johnny and Tommaso last year. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I, yeah, this is, this gotta be it. Like. This is the one. Like either they gotta, you know, I, I think it's a street fight. First fall, second fall, regular rules. No, no, I no, mean, no, no, no. Johnny picked street fight. Cole picked regular rules match because he won a regular <clears throat> rules match against Smart Johnny. Man. And then the third fall will be up to Regal. Regal. Like they haven't said what order it is. If I, I would, I think it would be really, really dumb for them to do a street fight and then a regular fight. <laughs> The regular match, so I think I think what's gonna happen is they're gonna do regular rules, and then obviously you know they're gonna have Johnny go come fight from underneath. Yeah, yeah. So another two out of three falls match, right? Except this one is like you know yeah. not three stages of hell, but like three different stipulations. Gotcha. Interesting. Yeah, they're gonna go like forty five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> this <laughs> like, have they gone under thirty minutes yet in a match? Those two last match, they went 35 for one fall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they might. What if Johnny and uh, if what if Johnny and Adam just wrestle all the way until SummerSlam? <laughs> <laughs> can, can they just stay in the ring so SummerSlam can't start? I mean, bro, you you seen the SummerSlam over and unders I sent you? Oh, I I, I glanced at them. You you didn't have anything over four, right? I think the no. highest he had was Ricochet and AJ at three and three quarters, right? Correct. Wow, wow. I'd have to go through it again and, and look, but it's like, so yeah, that's. I, I'll read them off just just uh, just for shits and giggles. So I okay. have ten matches that are listed on Wiki. So I've got Brock and Seth. I've got that at three point two five. Okay, that's the over under. Yeah, that's that's what he's doing in his his head, not like what the gambling oh, okay. public. Okay. Is. Yeah, he's yeah, doing what he what he thinks it is. Okay. So uh Becky Lynch and Natalia three. Bailey and Ember Moon three point two five. Kofi Kingston and Randy Orton three. <laughs> Shane McMahon and Kevin Owens two point seven five. What? That's way too high. <laughs> it's a regular match, right? 
I believe so. Yeah. Yeah, that's way too high. Um, Finn Balor and Bray Wyatt two and a half. AJ Styles and Ricochet three point seven five. Goldberg and Dolph Ziggler one. Trish and Charlotte two and a half. Should that even count the Ricochet or sorry the uh, the Goldberg match? It's gonna go. That's gonna be a, that's gonna be one of those not not rated because it's gonna be too short. Look, it's just gonna it, go like less I, than two minutes. I, I had to bring out the fun scale. Okay, uh, what's um what's what's at, what was the match after that? I think that was Charlotte and Trish and Charlotte. I got that at two and a half. That's I think that's way too low. And then Drew Gulak only lurking. 3.25 and no one in the building will care. Time out, time out, time out, time out. They made the card? I believe yeah. so. I think only won a match this week, didn't he? Yeah. Andrade yep. and Ray can't make the show. Alistair Black and Sami Zayn can't make the show. Correct. But they're putting the well, cruiserweights on there and no one watches cruiserweights. Right. Okay. You got what, it. what was your over under for that again? 3.25. And that's Gulak versus who? Oni Lorcan. Oh, that's going to build way over that. I, yeah, I mean, if they give him 10 minutes, he'll go over that. That might be the only one I would pick the over on on this whole list. Like, oh, wow. Damn. <laughs> Confidently. No, Confidently. Oh, I'm definitely confident over us, uh, the Charlotte and, uh, and Trish. They they don't go out there and embarrass those two. They never do that. Yeah. And um, especially like Trish. Trish. Trish don't ever embarrass herself, like unless it's written in the script. <laughs> so, or like a dog. Yeah, yeah, stuff like that. Yeah. So, what else is on the uh, takeover show? Okay, uh, let's see. Do we know what I the uh, the pre-show matches will be? We know that's one probably gonna be Riddle, right? We know one of them. We would Riddle assume versus, that one. Uh, Killing Dane. Dane. Yeah, uh, that's we're assuming that's one that's not announced. But the one that's for sure is announced is on the pre-show is going to be. Um... <laughs> oh man. Cutler and Blake from the Forgotten Sons versus me. Breezango. <laughs> Shoot me. Now, oh, Lord. Have you seen? Did you this, see Breezango? This looks like 2014 NXT right there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, yeah, because Blake, Blake been around forever. Look, and oh, Breeze. NXT. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so, with. Um, yeah. So, do y'all see what. What fan, or Fandango look like? Right, Since, ain't he like wearing jeans or something? Yeah, yeah he's like, wearing so, a beater, jeans, and a, a black jacket. Like he's dressed like two thousand. Dean Ambrose. Yeah, he's dressed like <laughs> Ambrose. Yep. Um, but I was gonna say that you notice how he look. He, he he's leaned out some. Like he's lost some bulk. I don't know if that's a thing where he, whatever he was injured with, like he he wasn't able to weight train or whatever else or keep weight. But like he's small. Didn't he have? Didn't he have a shoulder deal? I don't know. I just know yeah, he looks small. I'm, I'm not like, sure. If, if you're hearing the show uh, and you know what happened to Fandango, please let us know. Yeah. Like, he looks skinny. I, and I don't mean in no bad way. Just like, it was just like noticeable. Like, wow, he's lost like, looks like 10, 15 pounds of muscle. Um, so, yeah, that's that's the card. I think it's going to be it's gonna be another kick. Look, now, we talked about our feelings about NXT and, and this cycle and some of the, you know, some of the larger uh, problematic issues with NXT um, as far as just being a, a, a place to stash talent and horror talent. But anybody think anybody think this won't be the best show this weekend that you watch? <laughs> right? Like, I mean, you know what I'm saying? I mean, like, it's crazy. Never I mean, like, NXT. you know, you you got to think about the, the G1 final show that, that day, but yeah, like, like is that, is there a T that Taylor would be great? 
yeah, it's it's still guaranteed. Like still in the bag. Like that same place where we talked about uh, two and three quarter stars for EO and Candice is the over under. You know what the you know what the over under was for for Gargano and Champ. I'm sorry, Gargano and Cole. Don't hold five. on. Five. Yes, five flat. <laughs> that's where you. Yes, that's <laughs> right. So, like, that's that's what we're talking about. Like, we have all these issues with you know the TV isn't as good. They're putting these people that like they're putting a bunch of people that they have to build to build up all on the show at once. Right now, the top stars are either injured or not on the show the way they should be right now. The uh the the top of the card in the women's division and the tag division and the male singles division are all stale because they've been rusting each other a bunch already. And yet and still. <laughs> about like, to be flames. Right. With fire. With it's all be of, the best that, of the year. Like, if NXT isn't the best show this weekend, it's not going to be because NXT missed. Because NXT will not miss. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, so somebody going to have to go outside themselves. <laughs> Okay, so, I mean, just, to, I don't want people, to, you know, to go through this thing and think, like, wow, like, James is off NXT, and I know that show's going to be incredible, but it's still, like, watching the TV. Like, just, none of it erases the problems that right. that are circling the, this this sub-promotion. Yeah, like, for the first time in a, the first time in, I don't know, um, maybe since, maybe in two years, like, the first time in two years, like, it seems like NXT has some some issues you know but um but you know they're still gonna be incredible uh yeah so moving on from there do you guys what do you want to talk about do you want to move on to stardom do you want to move on to ring of honor they both have shows pay-per-views this weekend pay-per-view so, shows this weekend so let's do stardom last right so you okay. so we can cue the music up <laughs> um i'll make sure i get that to you if you don't already got it I think I you actually you got it. Yep. All right. Yeah, Drop that it. in there. But ROH, oh, um, our buddy John Carroll from Voice of Wrestling wrote a scathing, honest assessment of ROH. And, you know, it was called yeah. Please Take Our Market Share. Please yeah. check it out. Yeah. If you guys have, you can just go to voiceofwrestling.com. And yeah. it was just like, yo. Can summarize it? Yeah. Yeah. Long or the short, they basically say that. <laughs> they gave the game away, you know, by by doing all out or all in and helping the young bucks and um, treating themselves like second class citizens in their partnership with New Japan over the years. As far as um, you look, I mean, hell, you look at um, Cobb right now. Cobb only has what six points. G one, yeah, yeah and like everybody that. got points in the B block, right? Everybody's alive except you know the one guy from Ring Honor who was a freaking number one contender just a month ago. Uh, he uh, he's out here getting jobbed out. Like they have by them, you know, putting themselves below them as opposed to working in a way to make it seem like an even trade off. Um, they have opened the door for their fans who become New Japan fans, and they have become New Japan only or mostly New Japan first uh, fans. In kind of like, oh, Ring of Honor, I'll check it out here and there, but I'm not really watching it in the way that I watch the G1 or the best super juniors or tag league or or what have you uh and then on the other end when when the elite guys they ran the ran the, the seer show last year for all out all in that um that kind of they didn't know what was on the radar or at least or pretended to not know and now they have AEW and you look like 
Ring of Honor had his best year in 2018 off the strength of the Elite in the connection to New Japan. Again, Nokata here and there to get an Ishii here and there in 2016 or whatever else. Or um, whoever else came along, Tanahashi, Ibushi. And now, all of that's, you know, even their, their, basically their last stand is... They sold out Mad Square Garden because they had lawyers that would be able to combat against WWE's lawyers, but people were really going to see either the Elite or New Japan, and people over and over on that show showcased to you that they were New Japan fans, not Ring of Honor fans, and now the New Japaners are doing shows without Ring of Honor in America, and they're selling very, very well compared to what Ring of Honor is doing right now when they're struggling to, uh, to even fill out the front row. There, there, there might be um, there might be more uh, people on this podcast than tickets sold for the ROH uh, pay-per-view <laughs> according to that map that was in that um, column. Yeah, so now with the Elite now doing their own thing, and, they're, and they basically have all their stars just move on, like, it looks like they're in a lot of trouble, and you know, there, and that, that's more of the gist of the of the thing. And you look at it, and you look at this card for this pay per view, and you see like, okay, they have Carisco, they have, I think they're doing a six man tag with Carisco on one side, and then the Caveman on the other. And it's like, I'll check it out to see Caveman go out there and try to ruin his fucking knees. Sure, sure, <laughs> I'll, I'll check. I'm, I'll be sure to check out that match. I don't know if I'm gonna watch it live yet, but I'm, I'll be sure to check that out. And and I think Gresham and Lethal are tagging against somebody. So yeah, I'll check. I'll check out some of these matches, but Roosh and Dalton Castle do the rematch after that squash in Madison Square Garden, so we'll see whatever Dalton Castle has left out of that back, right? But Is this the uh, Skrull Bandito show, or is that next? Mm, that? I think that's next. Okay. Yeah, because I don't... I think, yeah... Well, may, maybe not, because Villain Enterprises, the P- PCO and Brody are in a tag match against somebody else. Like, But the main event of this show is going to be the rematch between G.O.D. and Briscoes. Okay. Um, and don't they have another show where it's like Taven's defending the championship against... Yuck. Taven's defending the, ta- the, the, the belt against uh, Tracy Williams, I think? Or no, or maybe no. Tracy Williams fighting Shane Taylor. Um, I can't even tell you who the freaking number one contender is for the Ring Honor title right now. Is so hold on. Just go yeah. ahead and fill for me, and I can I can. Yeah. So so um you know Matt Taven has not sparked business uh the last <laughs> five months. He sure has not. Of uh, you know the the Madison Square Taven people apparently Ring of Honor tried to pull a fast one, and they wanted Taven to close out the Garden. But cooler heads prevailed, and Okada winning the IWGP championship back was how they went off the air. That would have gone over as a disaster. Fans may have rushed the ring of Okada's match to close the show. Right. If Okada's match started before the Ring of Honor ladder match, oh my God, I don't even want to think about um, what would have happened in that building, like as far as like. You know, the resentment was already turned up to 50 for Ring of Honor that night uh, between the allure. Oh, my God. Enzo I forgot the allure. Cass. Yes. Yeah. Enzo and Cass. And that match. Know. What was it? The flip versus bully match that went a solid like 20 minutes for the full oh angle. God, yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. He was coming out halfway through to make it a six man for some reason. Right. Um, oh God! Yeah, they, having having Kelly Klein like turn he, baby face in the middle and having a bad match with Mayu somehow again. Yeah, um, <laughs> what he say? 
James was sick watching that. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's like, look, I understand the business. Like, she's going to drop the belt. I would have liked for Ring of Honor. I probably would have watched more Ring of Honor if Mayu held the belt. Because especially, like, her two title matches against on stardom, in stardom for the uh, women artist title between, like, Natsuku Tora and especially against Konami. is like, those matches, like, especially the Konami match, like, that's like a four and a quarter match. Like, can we see that on ring, on the mainland? No? Okay. Like, no, good wrestling is more fun to watch. It's, yeah. I don't know why the promotions don't get this. <laughs> we all seem to be on the same page here. R- ring yeah. of Honor used to get that, right? Yeah. Between, like, the Daniel Bryans and AJ Styles hey. and the, and, you know, like, Hey, I'm gonna tell you like Rip Patino yeah, told Autumn re- reporters, Brian Danielson is not walking through that door. <laughs> Nigel McGuinness is not walking through that door. Samoa <laughs> Joe is not walking through that door. CM Punk is not walking through that door. Kenny Omega is not walking through that door. Fair, yeah. fair enough. But like they have Flip Gordon. Can Jamie you, like, Noble. Can you strap uh, the? Can you strap the can you strap the rocket to, to Jamie? Or sorry, to I'm saying Jamie to to Flip, please. Like, can we? Can we u- better utilize Jeff Cobb? Can we make him the champion? Like, guys that are really good, people respect. Like, can we build around that as opposed to this, this bullshit? Okay, so... You see, James, they, so, have, they haven't been in Ring of Honor for 10 years <laughs> like Kenny King and um, <laughs> several other corny-sounding motherfuckers. Yeah. Yeah, so speaking of that, right? So we talked about, like, what is Marty doing on the show, right? Yeah. You, you know what the answer is? Do I? Or do I want to know? Do you want to know? Do you really sure. want to know? Ah. Sure. Yeah. Not on the card. God, no. <laughs> Not on the card. You're kidding me. It's I'm going I'm going through it. It's the Kingdom versus Villain Enterprise in a tag match. So that's TKO Ryan versus um Vinny, uh, and then that's PCO and Brody. Then it's uh, Shane Taylor versus Tracy Williams. That's Dalton Cass versus Rush, like we talked about. Uh, Lifeblood is Bandito and Mark Haskins versus uh, Jay Lethal and, and Gresham, which we talked That's about. That's gonna be good, probably. But oh, like, I, I I would imagine so. Like those three great wrestlers, at least. So then the the, um, the sixth man um, Lucha match that we talked about with Carisco and and um, and, and the Caveman. Uh, Kelly Klein versus Tasha Steels. I don't think I've ever seen Tasha Steels, but Kelly nope. Klein is. I thought I think Kelly Klein isn't hopeless. Like that yeah. last match she had at the best in the world, I thought that like she looked like she looked like she is not as bad as I thought she was after you know not doing anything with Mayu Itani, who's one of the best wrestlers in the world. But whatever. Okay, so then Taven in Ring Honor title is against uh, is defending it against Alex Shelley. <sighs> guys, rough times. Guys, who is Alex Shelley? I don't mean that. Look, okay. Alex Shelley could be great for all I know. I've Alex never heard Shelley, of him. I believe he's Alex Shelley used to right? tag team with Kushida. No, wow. was not. Was that Saban and Kushida? I thought it was Alex Shelley. They had, they were time splitters or something like that. Oh yeah, they were. He was oh. one of the guys from Motor City Machine. Motor City Machine Guns. Okay. 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 Yeah. Okay, I've seen him before, but I can... Okay, okay, all right. But yeah, 2019 Alex Shelley against Matt Taven is not exactly a uh, main event that sparks joy. Yeah, like, Alex Shelley has to be, like, in his mid late to late 30s? 30s. Mid to late 30s, right. can't be young at this point. Yeah, like, them dudes, them dudes was around a while ago. Yeah, so then the main they event have, is... Uh, the they had person. TNA matches against the Bucks. <sighs> wow. Wow. Alex Shelley is 36. Okay, so there you go. So, you know... Matt Square Taven is going to strike again. Um, you know, 
they have some matches I'm gonna check out. Um, I might watch it just out of more of a curiosity on a Friday now that I've given up the the hope of trying to catch up in time for the G1. I've been spoiling on these finishes. I'm just gonna go back, go through Jeremy's uh, rankings, and just watch all the over four star matches or whatever else or anything else that uh, people suggest to me. But um, now that I know the layout, of everything, I'm I'm good on trying to follow that. So like, I'm just going to you know wean myself off of cramming wrestling like it's a damn test. So. So yeah, I mean, Ring Honor has some stuff worth watching, but yeah. I don't think you know. That's the frustrating thing. Like they've got pieces in that company. Absolutely, they've got a lot of people that could be something, and they are just doing a whole lot of nothing with them. <laughs> Damn, <laughs> accurate assessment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so uh, do you want it? You want it line rich? Hit the music. <laughs> Okay, so, uh, same night as night, the last night of the A Block is Corgan Hall Show for Stardom. That is, uh, I think it's going to be like 11.30, so, um, but yeah, it, the, main, the main event is the red belt, the top title, B Priestley versus Utami Hayashista for the, the red belt, um, you know, match been been built being built for for like since May. I think it's gonna be a really good match. Um, I don't think it's gonna be the best match on the card. I think it's gonna be second best match, but I think it's a match that can compete for four stars. Yeah, you already know I'm I'm all, I'm all in on Big U. Um, <laughs> Big U. <laughs> 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 and, and you know, uh, Big B. You know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this this should this should be excellent. Um, yeah. And I, I think that um, you know, I'd be interested to see if B gets any streamers thrown at her at this time. <laughs> she has a better chance against uh, Utami than she does against Momo. They get streamers. Yeah, they get some love from the crowd. Um, now, how do I explain this, Tom? I don't, yeah. Are you someone that's ever watched any stardom at all? No, sir. No? Okay. Well, the best way to explain um, B, B is, B is uh, you might know B from being um, around in like, uh, was it what culture wrestling at the time? Yeah, yeah. So, no, I've seen her around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, she um, she's kind of one of the more improved wrestlers of the last, you know, last 12 months or whatever else. And she... Um, they they gave her a push, seemingly out of nowhere, but like she's she's lived up to the push. It's just you know it's really hard for Gaijins to to get over that like with with getting pushed to the title first and then like kind of showing it but not really and they're showing she's showing it after the fact. So like okay, she's yeah. kind of it's kind of a struggle for her, but like she's been dynamite like this year so far. Um, oh my god! Breaking news! I will not spoil the finish if you haven't seen it. Uh, Dave gave Ishii and Shingo five and a half. Wow. Good Lord. Gotta wow. see it. Yeah. Turn it off and I'm watching this after. Yep. Uh, watch that after. Yeah. So, um, versus in, in on the other side, that's Utami Hayashista. She is a super rookie. 
and the Observer, the, last year's Observer Awards, she finished second behind Rousey, even though she debuted um, at the August 12th show last year. So, that's kind of wrestler she is. She's like 20, she's like 19 or 20. I think she's 20. Um, oh, God. Yeah. yeah, so... She... So I'm getting to the point where really good wrestlers are younger than me now. This is <laughs> yeah, like she um she started out last year. Uh, the story with her is she started out last year like the Kirk and All Show right before uh uh the G or sorry the G one the five star uh Grand Prix, which is their round robin tournament similar to the G one except right. less contestants in a 15 minute time limit. Uh, so she made it to the finals and ended up having like a four and a quarter match against uh, Mayu in the final. And it's got people were like, oh, we didn't understand this push. And then she has that match like, oh, we get it now. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, she, her and, her and B are in the same faction. Like, Star okay. is really based on faction warfare. There's four factions. I'm not going to bore you with the names of them, but they're both in the same faction. Um B won the top one after she defended her title in uh, a June show. She decided to challenge in consecutive Cork and Hall shows two of her teammates. Um, and honestly, I think she's going to beat. Uh, she she faced one um, at the last Cork and show a few weeks ago, and I think and she won. I think she's going to beat Utami, and then uh, Utami and uh, Momo, who is the, uh, the other person that was in the same faction. I mm-hmm. think honestly, because they're going to be in different blocks, that they're both going to win their blocks, be in the final. Then the winner, they're going to face each other uh, in the final of their round robin tournament, and then get another title shot at B, and eventually uh, one of the whoever wins is going to actually uh, be the next champion. Okay, uh, yeah. So that's kind of what they have in store, uh, or that's what they have in the that they're in the makings. They they have that at their potential to potentially do that. Uh, and the second match. Um, or the sec- semi-main event is going to be the white belt. They're, like For some reason, every every company, every major company has a white belt that is their intercontinental secondary title. So similar to the same thing with Stardom. Stardom's been doing it too. So uh, that is Arisa Hoshiki versus Jungle Kiona. Um, me and Rich both have a, um, a, a love for Jungle Kiona by being this an Ishii-like sentimental favorite of being this person that has these big, incredible matches, but management probably won't pick them for reasons that they cannot control that involve things like age and aesthetic. Okay. Yeah. So, um, Rich, have you seen any of Jungle's tweets or any of her blog stuff? The only stuff I've seen is when she's running on the beach. (laughs) At 5.30 a.m., training, <laughs> Yes. waking so. up every day, being hungry. <laughs> yeah, so there, there was two things I wanted to mention. Like, one, you mentioned it. Like, she's been out here training, running in the sand like Rocky Three, literally. Uh, and then there's another thing that she's been doing is she's been, like, flashing back, talking about, like, every time she's ever had a chance to go uh, a, a match for the white belt. So she went back to like her 2017 match with like uh or yeah 2017 match with like Yoko Bito um who and then they also talk about her match against like uh Kyrie and whatever else talking about like I've had these chances and it's kind of like a like a almost like a, a career rec- retrospective talking about like you know I wasn't ready then for this reason that sort of thing that's so that's kind of cool to saying like 
long form storytelling. It's kind of fun. All right. <laughs> to follow a whole entire character arc, uh, an opportunity and talk about like how it ties into the present, like that or the, the, or the relative close future. Like it's kind of cool. So, yeah. And then, you know, on the other end, you have Arisa Hoshigi, who's a white belt champion. Her last two, um, her last two defenses have been two of the five best matches in starting this year. I gave both of them four and a half. Or, or I say I gave the last one four and a half. I gave the one before that four and three quarters. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think, you know, between Jungle being, you know, one of the best workers in the company and Arisa apparently being this, you know, almost like rookie Shaq. Where she's like, just raw, doesn't really know what she's doing yet, but like you put her in there with someone talented, and uh, can kind of carry her through the stuff she's not good at. She can go out there and blow. Her. She's kind of like a, I guess he said like a velveteen type or whatever, or like you know. So yeah, yeah I think right. I think they're gonna have another killer match. Quickly making a big fan in me. Yeah, I, I need you to watch some of these some of these six woman tags so you can chill the fuck out. <laughs> but but yeah, she uh. Yeah, I think I think you know after these last two uh, matches, I'm, I'm here for the greatness. <laughs> hey, you don't want to see the consistency, huh? You don't want to see the consistency. Okay, so, um, so yeah, I think uh, I think the match is gonna be great. Is I think it's be a top fifteen match to start. I don't see why that can't be four and a quarter. Uh, and then the debut of Riho. Now, Tom, you're familiar with Riho because she, uh, you know, she's been doing some of the AEW stuff. Right. Yeah. Yeah. What are your what are your, do you have any thoughts on her at all or specifically or just like uh or is it more or less you know, you've been thinking more or less like these matches that she's been in? I mean I've enjoyed every match I've seen her in. Okay. Um yeah, no, beyond that I'll just like see and be like, Oh, that was good. I enjoyed watching that. That's Okay. That's about as much of an opinion as I have formed. Okay, so she showed up at the the show the last uh Corican show and she's gonna be in this one in a in a high speed title match. Now um, the high speed in, in, in stardom is similar to, or it's kind of a cruiserweight belt, except it's not based on weight. It's about like the, the style of wrestling. So it's, it's almost okay. like, it's almost like a Lucha belt. It's like okay. people that wrestle that do these matches, like they, they do a lot of rope running, fast reversals, high, high paced action, that sort of thing. Um, so yeah. No uh, longer being contested under Hazuki's rules, I imagine. Um, it's a three way, so it, it may be. I think it'll. I think it'll keep the spirit of it between. Because you gotta remember, like Starlight Kid, who is a who had plenty of uh, Hazuki's rules matches. Uh, uh, Yoniyama, who's a champion, who won under Hazuki's rules, and Riho, who wrestled a lot of high speed type matches um, when she was coming up. For even though she's like twenty one, she's been wrestling for like nine years or something like that. Ridiculous. Um, yeah. So. I think that Rio's going to win. I don't see any reason why she shouldn't. Um, and then you go from there. Well, you already know how Rossi get down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, so can you refresh me on the? Uh, can you refresh everybody on Hazuki's rules, James? <laughs> okay. Yes, yeah, because I, I forgot we love Tom in the dark. Hazuki's rules at the time when she won the belt in at the uh, the last Kurokan of the year last year. Uh, it was three rules. One. Uh, I'm going to translate them and do the English translation from the Google Translate, and then I'll explain them further. One, I do not accept fat. <laughs> so, his basically, <laughs> yes. So she said, uh, so she's like, must not be fat. If like she doesn't actually follow these rules, but she's just being funny. But it was hilarious at the time. Okay. Uh, 
Number two, it is useless and it is not a six pack. <laughs> Wrestler must have six pack in order to participate in, uh, in uh, to get a title shot. They never followed that, but it's funny because she actually yeah. has a six pack. And then three, which she the only rule she actually enforced at the time was uh, ten minute time limit. Okay. So she was going out here from when she won the title in December until I think she had seven defenses. So she lost the belt at at a um, at a show in July. So she went through seven defenses, and all of them were bangers, and all of them were of the of under ten minute variety. And all of them were just dead out sprints, <laughs> right? And she's blurs. Yeah, just of just great wrestling. It's not like high super high spots. It's just like intense wrestling, great reversals, like uh you know great pinfall attempts and all that sort of thing. So this is like just safe wrestling. Up. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, anyway, so those are the three top matches. I'm trying to think if there's anything. Oh, you also have the debut of uh, um, it's Momo, who is going to be taking on a rookie debuting. Um, she's probably going to murder her, except that she's tall as she's like five six. She's tall as hell for for uh, Joshi's these days. Bro, how how blown would you be if she showed up and beat Momo? Like. Yes, on some Okada Tanahashi <laughs> shit. Like I'm here. <laughs> okay, if she beat Momo, when we think that Momo is going to is like almost like it's it's not a matter of if but when she'll be like the next Red Belt champion. Like I think that'd be shocking. Um, but you know, like they gave Utami a huge push. I th- I mean I think best case scenario is she gets a draw. She goes to a 15 minute mm-hmm. time limit, and you're like, oh look, look at her and. They build her up over the next year to get her to like the stage that Utami's at right now, where she spent her, she debuted uh, and got to where she is and gets a title shot in one year too. I think that's I think that I think that's the best case scenario for her. Otherwise, like she might just kick the shit out of her for like five minutes and then pin her and drop her on her neck and then pin her. But yeah, I think either I think way it works for me. <laughs> I mean. I haven't obviously we haven't seen her uh, this this woman yet. Uh, her name is Saya Ketamina or Katamina or something like that. But yeah, she uh, I, I, she's five six. She's like in her early twenties and she has like a background in dancing and gymnastics. So she, you know, I'm assuming stardom. Uh, I'm assuming that Rossi and and Kagetsu found them another diamond in the rough. Yeah, <laughs> and it's gonna be fun to watch her over the next. It's gonna be fun to watch her over the next like three, four, five, six months. See how much where she is now to where she gets to in six months, and then like backtrack and look at like all the other women in the main or in WWE. They're just like wasting away, not getting better. This, you know, Dana Brooke, the main event, um, oh the player. Oh you know, she, she she's doing swanton dives off the off the top rope hey. on main event. I got a question. Where's Lacey Evans? Vanished with Baron Corbin. Wow. Okay, so I think we touched all the bases. Anything else we missed from uh, anything we missed from this week? Or is that everything? I think that's it. I guess the G one finals. Like, I mean, you know, that's going to be what Sunday morning. So we'll see what all happens, man. Yeah. Uh, Tom, any overall thoughts over this weekend? Besides, like, there's a lot of damn wrestling. Uh. No more thoughts on wrestling. My only thing I would like to update the listeners on is during the recording of this episode, Daniel Jones threw a touchdown. So I am all in on the 2019 New York Giants. 
I am ready to get hurt again. I'm ready to get hurt again. Boy. Wow. <laughs> I, I, I hope the Knicks don't win their first game this year. Oh, man. RJ Barrett for the rookie of the year. My bet is already in. Oh, man. <laughs> RJ, RJ Barrett about to, about to shoot 25 times a game. Oh, my God. They're Run it. Lineups of Can't shoot Junior, Kevin Knox, Can't, RJ Barrett. Just the all- Can't score if you don't shoot. Mamba mentality, Knicks, 2019. Hey. And they'll win the fight. Oh, yeah. Bobby Porter is going to scare some other players back to Europe. Yes. <laughs> Andrew, look, not in the league anymore. Oh, man. Wait, what? Wait, what? I said Andrew Luck, not in the league anymore. Oh, yeah, yeah. I know you're talking about. Oh, <laughs> uh, you're talking about Miritish. Yes. Okay, I was like, wait, what? Okay. So, yeah, that's the end of the show, y'all. Uh, be sure to rate us on whatever app you're using. Listen to this. Tell the folks about Social Suplex Podcast Network. Be sure to check out our friends at powerslam.tv, the sponsor for this show. If you're a fan of independent pro wrestling, they have over 5,000 hours of footage from all over the world. You can use the code Social Suplex to get your free month's trial. Don't forget to visit prowrestlingtees.com slash social suplex to pick up some official Social Suplex Podcast Network merchandise. Be sure to check out the other shows on the on the network. On Sundays, we have One Nation Radio. On Tuesdays, we have Keeping It Strong Style. On Wednesdays, we have the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Podcast. On every other Wednesday, we have Grown Men Washes Shit. On Thursdays, Psych. On Fridays, we have Get in the Ring. And on Saturdays, we have All Things Elite. Thanks for listening. 